self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are a conversation con artists what's going on it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity ray and we are conversation con artists coming back to you for another episode got the club going up on a tuesday the gay club <laughs> going up on a tuesday i believe that is what he was referring to but he said Got your girl in the club and she choosing. He said she was choosing him. You you are correct. I he mean, they have a lot of female friends. They might have just been in there talking like, girl, look at him. You're right. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that situation. <laughs> I want y'all to check out the website, www.conversationconartist.com, where we got our current podcast episode articles linked to that episode, as well as our old episodes. And you can also leave us some feedback on the left. If you hover over the mail icon, leave us some feedback or subscribe to our newsletter. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on the point and that can be found at red underscore calamity also we are still doing the list of letter portion of the show so if you have a question that you would like for us to answer on the show you can send it into the website or you can send it to our gmail account which is conversation artist at gmail.com and we have more of a like a situation i guess than like a question or maybe it is a question if you go out on a first date with somebody and they make it a point to tell you that they just got out of a a year and a half relationship two months ago would you be hesitant in pursuing them at that point like would you feel like it had been enough time for them man I don't know what like what is supposed to be the time frame of when it's too close to when a person got out of a relationship. Well, and that's the thing; it, that's going to vary from person to person. Like some people, especially like if the relationship was a, it just depends, I guess, like on the person. So, the person who was go who who this situation happened to, I think, was afraid that because of the length of the relationship, that two months wasn't enough time, but. You're not really the one to say. You can't say what's enough time for somebody else. And I mean, the fact that he's going out on dates, I guess, means that he feels like it's been enough time. But also, he made a point to mention that because she wouldn't even known about it had he not said shit. I mean, I wonder if it came up in like general conversation or if he like intentionally was like, let me bring this up or if he didn't even wasn't aware that he had mentioned it or said it. Because he didn't think it was a big, big idea. Deal. I don't know. I think that I would gauge it upon just what kind of time I'm having. Like, am I enjoying myself? And if I'm enjoying myself and I have a good time, will I use this as exclusionary criteria? Would I use this to say mm, they canceled? Yeah. I don't think I would. I think I would just, I really wouldn't. Because what if they never even said it? That would clearly still be the truth. Yeah. You just wouldn't know. That's true. You know That's, what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I think we let a lot of stuff get in our own way <laughs> when I it mean, comes to stuff like that. I guess, like, because I'm like, I'm, I don't know what I would do. Like, well, a year and a, okay, so to me, a year and a half is not really that long of a time. Plus, you don't know 
the details of that relationship and he might have been like shit i can't wait to get away from this bitch and soon as they broke up was like <laughs> finally i am free like mm-hmm. you don't know how the relationship went or any of that so i don't know but i can't understand her hesitancy just because i'm not very good me personally with like like gray areas <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like i'm not good with um because let's say he isn't let's say he isn't over it and you know the two months hasn't been enough time for him you're gonna be in a state of limbo essentially while he's still work. you know what i say like you still gonna be going out you still be having fun but you're gonna be kind of in this suspended state i don't really do too well with that shit um so i guess it just depends on like i, I don't think we have enough maybe details about it to really like I don't know So I'm always under the assumption that If I'm talking to a woman Looking to date her Mm -hmm. I already assume I'm in competition (laughs) With two or three dudes One dude that she banging (laughs) One dude that she chill with heavy But ain't no sexual activity And one dude she go out with every now and then And probably a slew of dudes that like her But she ain't feeling But she just go out with every now and then in that group of people you're competing with, I think are also old relationships. Probably. At any point, somebody from their past can pop up and say, I'm fixed. <laughs> and be like, okay, well, since you fixed, we can do this thing again. Yeah. You know, so it's but like. see, that's the fear. See, that's why I'm not okay. Like, that's what fucks with me is that that could potentially happen and for me knowing that you just got out of something means that it's more likely to happen or i feel like it could be more likely to happen as opposed to like just these these phantom ass bitches out here that i don't know about that you have in your life as well like i feel like especially if you put time into the relationship if that person like comes and say the right shit and they know the right shit to say because y'all were together for so long that you could be influenced to like hop back into that and then i'm just out here you know floating <laughs> just out here in the middle of the ocean and shit so i don't know i i don't know i don't know how well i would deal with that situation now i don't know that i would just like oh the first day be like fuck that nigga i never talking to him again i think i would be like really cautious about it though going forward because i'd just be like i don't know like just making sure that you ain't still like you know Hung up on my, my, my perspective is that I don't want that stuff to take away from what I'm finna do. Like, if I'm in competition with everybody, I'm just trying to win a competition. Mm-hmm. Like, I can be pleasant enough to pull you to me, I can be entertaining enough to pull you to me, I can compliment those things you might have been missing in your past mm-hmm. to pull you to me. Like, I think that's a constant state of what we're doing. When we're dating somebody, we're trying to we're essentially marketing ourselves to that person. We're essentially convincing that person that we can be somebody you can see the rest of your life with. Yeah. We can be somebody that you can see yourself dating and being in a long term relationship yeah. with. Like we're marketing ourselves. I and suck at marketing though. Like But you know, you'd be surprised works. how little marketing you gotta do sometimes. <laughs> like it's not like an aggressive marketing scheme. A lot of it is being attractive. Like as soon you know. as somebody comes in the Can I help you? What do you need? <laughs> exactly. It ain't like Publix. It's like more like Walmart. Oh shit. <laughs> That's how we market ourselves when we dated. It's passive. It's like we drift through life 
really not trying to brush up with people. At some <laughs> point, we coincidentally brush up with somebody that we can possibly connect to. Yeah. And then we start to hopefully we just be ourselves yeah or as much as ourselves because what we do is like you know we the representative yep you got to meet the representative first <laughs> we are who we want them to see until we're comfortable enough with to them be to ourselves. be ourselves <laughs> and not just ourselves but our you know don't worry about them clothes on the floor sales <laughs> you know what i'm saying we to clean up clean the hell out the apartment sales at, at first, the, at first. Yeah, like you come in shit you know, spotless like oh Exactly. And then nice. it'd be like, I, I, ain't, I, ain't, you know, I ain't, I ain't brushed up, you know. <laughs> so you know, you are like we. That's the representative, you know. So I feel like we are that person until you know we're comfortable with that. But I think that's a whole part of the process. That's a part of the marketing process. It's like we're slightly aggressive, you know. So I don't think that those external circumstances have to be something that puts you in a state of turmoil as far as past relationships go. Mm -hmm. Either you go market yourself and be good for that person or you go market yourself and not be good for that person. <laughs> Hell, whether they got out of relationship, whether their relationship was a month long and they just got out of it <laughs> or whether they have been in a relationship in three years, you know, or whether you don't even have access to that information. Yeah. What if that never came up? I think she would have been cool, though. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, what self-inflicted thoughts have you put on yourself because of this information now? Yeah. You know, and is this something that you want to know in the future? Because, I mean, when you meet people on Tinder, online, you know that stuff before you go out on the first date. I yeah. mean, how do you even, like, how did you get to a first date? Was it like, was it like it being in the movies where you just meet somebody at a coffee shop and be like, hey, would you like to go out sometime <laughs> before I know anything about you, just yeah. pure attraction? Yeah, let's do that. Let's exchange number and then you get to the first date. Like, did y'all text in? Like, I think today, you need to be intentional about that. Like, if you think that finding out that Somebody just getting out of a relationship will cause a problem for you. That probably need to be a part of your criteria to determine whether you're going to go out with that person. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be something that becomes a surprise to you or something that you hope you don't find out about. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? If you just now finding out about it by surprise and you realize you had this reaction that you didn't think you were going to have, mm -hmm. you need to now make this a part of what you ask people as a part of whether you're going to date them or not. Yeah. You know, like, no surprise. I don't want no surprises. <laughs> you know, my sister said when she go out, she asked dudes, she, she asked, have you ever had sex with a man? <laughs> oh <laughs> Just like God. out of the blue surprise. She tried to get their reactions and stuff and I'd be like, that's not a good idea. No, it's not. <laughs> and but, how do you, you can't, if he has and you ask it like that, he ain't going to tell you. Like, he ain't going to be like, yeah. Like, because he can tell that you at this point is like, oh, uh-uh. So he going to be like, no. No. <laughs> Look in my sister's head She has some stereotypical reaction That they will make That will verify that she think they lying And I'm pretty sure I'm 90% sure that it's not accurate <laughs> But she's gonna use that To say nope no more future dates <laughs> You know so All I'm saying is in that context Is like when you find out something About a person that You might not have expected to have a reaction to mm -hmm. You need to make that a part of the criteria For what you start seeking out people for instead of like being surprised when somebody say yeah I just got out of a two month relationship I mean I, I just got out two months ago I got out of a year and a half long yeah, relationship yeah I said two months and just be like okay <laughs> who gives a shit but you know me and, and maybe this is a perspective different perspective from a man towards a woman mm -hmm. you know or maybe it's a different perspective coming from me but like I just I just feel like women 
at most points of their lives just because our society have crafted uh, the dynamic between men and women for the men to pursue women mm-hmm. and the women to sit back and wait. I just always, I just think that women are most likely being pursued most times. And if they not being pursued, they definitely being pursued a lot more than men are being pursued. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Just in the construct of how our society is in that context. Yeah. So, I don't think any of that will cause me a problem. We got out of a relationship yesterday. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to be like, oh, shit. So, we definitely going to have to put some space between these dates. I'm definitely going to have to, you know, understand if she don't text back or call back, I guess. Now, yeah. I understand, but that will also be my criteria as to whether I'm going to continue to text her. Yeah. Like, if we start talking, she just got out of a relationship, I'm going to be like, okay. I'm going to input that in my mind. She yeah. just got out of a relationship. So I text her one day and I don't get a reply back at all. Okay, so this is that old relationship shit. <laughs> you know, that's when, you, that's when I'm going to get in my head. I'm yeah. going to be like, she might be with her dude. Or she might not be feeling me like that. But that goes into the criteria of whether I'm going to continue talking to her or not. Yeah. Like, I get to put everything. But just the fact, just the mere acknowledgement that she got out of a long relationship, mm-hmm. that ain't enough. That yeah. ain't going to be enough for me to say, eh. I'm out of it. Especially if I had a good time. Like, if, if you know, she seemed like she was using me or she ordered the biggest, baddest stuff off the menu on the first date, <laughs> they seemed interested in dialogue, you know, short one, you know, word answers. Uh-huh. If we didn't, yeah. if I didn't enjoy myself <laughs> and she got out, like, I just add that to the list of reasons why I ain't going to talk to this person. <laughs> but if I damn hands down enjoyed the shit out of myself, that was a good ass time. I enjoyed myself. Damn, I want to get to know this person. In the best case scenario, I want this more consistently. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna strip myself of that because of some external stuff. Like she gonna have to show me that I don't need to be going out with her for that. But that's the risk that comes along with relationships. Dating that's the fucking risk. sucks. Let me just say that real quick. Fucking hate it. This is why because it's all of this moving fucking parts. It's too much. Fucking hate it. I hate dating. I hate it. I hate it. Risk is coming with that shit. I'm not a risk taker. I like myself. to know everything, and I know that is not possible. Well, see, this is my downfall. I'm not a risk taker, but if I take a risk, they have to be calculated. <laughs> and so, <laughs> risk, there's only a, le- a certain level of calculation you can do with risk. You can't calculate risk to a high degree. And so, and you definitely can't calculate chemistry yeah. and connection and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. I, I sit back and I try to calculate the potential of success for stuff that I, sh- I can't. You yeah. can't. You can't. You can't. You really fucking can't. So when I say you I try that, shit's gonna work when out. I say I try that and when I say I do that in my head, I do some kind of fucking algorithm that just ain't gonna work for me (laughs) so i'm trying to work out doing something different but it just ain't relationships dating love is not predictable it isn't and that is what fucks with me because i like i like for the odds to be in my favor and when i don't even know the goddamn odds that drives me insane it really does i'm trying to learn to be better about it because it ain't shit I can do about it that's just it is what it is that's how it works so like allowing it to to drive me crazy is kind of stupid so I'm trying to get better at it but I don't really like 
great. I don't like being in gray areas and not fucking knowing. And and I know that the you know life is made up of all different shades of gray. I know this, but I don't have to like it just because I know it. Fuck that yeah. shit, man. But that is, I guess, the answer to that. I, which was really, I don't know if we had an answer. Cause it's a it's a per I guess you just have to decide whether or not that's something that's gonna bother you enough to not go back out with somebody. That's, and the person did have a very good time. They enjoyed themselves. I think it's, I just think it's foolish to find any one thing to eliminate yourself. You know, I think you need to find a bunch of things to eliminate yourself, yeah. <laughs> especially when you're just learning a person. Yeah, they just got out of a relationship. Oh, this is fresh for them. So. <laughs> Enjoy yourself on these dates, you know. Get to know them. Get to know more about them. Yeah. When they start talking to you about how they used to, you know, put firecrackers in cats' ass when they was little, <laughs> and they talk about how you know they used to stand over their brother at nighttime with a knife, thinking about hurting them. Now, now you got enough information to say, okay, never seeing this motherfucker no, again ever. Not ever. You know again what I'm saying? Life. But just, just that they got out of a relationship. I need more than that. Especially if I enjoy myself. Yeah. Well, if y'all have a question that you would like for us to ramble through, you can send it in. <laughs> send it in through the website, or you can send it in to our Gmail account, which is Conversation Card Artists with uh, Gmail dot com. So I want to add something though. Okay. The only variable to that, if they somehow in that conversation or or that experience are fixated on that thing. Oh, if they keep talking yeah, about like it. Yeah, like if they keep talking about it, if that's clear, like if they go deep into why and like it's a common courtesy on a date with a new person mm-hmm. that you just don't go deep into a conversation about your relationship, your past relationship. Okay. Now, saying that I just got out of a relationship, you know, a couple months ago is different. But if you start going into she don't use the word she <laughs> don't use the word her <laughs> don't use her name definitely don't use her name <laughs> like or his like i think it's a courtesy at the beginning that you're not expected to talk about that last relationship because if you do i think that represents like fixation that a f- fixation or a level of connectedness that you ain't moved past yet okay you know that's the only caveat to that if they keep talking about that shit like it can be wrapped in for me, you know, <laughs> and for, for whoever I, I feel. But, but yeah, that's my last sense. Okay. That's two cents. So, <laughs> clearly this inauguration don't went down. But before the inauguration talk, it's a couple of shits that I got to address. <laughs> and one of them is in relation to my work as a black man. That's a black person, hell. Jerry Rice, <laughs> old coon ass, done got on a Popeyes commercial. Oh lord! And then it. it was Popeyes chicken. Popeyes chicken is delicious. It is, but I'm just saying. I feel like Popeyes is more like, like black. <laughs> like I don't know. It go is on. New Orleans. Yeah, you know what I'm Popeyes chicken is like much more like black related. But go but on. But if you ain't seen this commercial, it's basically Jerry Rice. With a big ass carrying a big ass biscuit, with a helmet on his face, with a chicken wing in the middle of it, eat fried chicken, got barbecue sauce on his face. They give him a shirt that's a napkin shirt. 
The premise of the commercial were new innovative technologies that will allow you to watch the game and enjoy Popeye's chicken. So they gave him a helmet with a damn chicken wing tied to it. So you- Who the fuck wears a helmet watching the game? I don't know. Maybe somebody do. Some wear extreme a fans might. Like, some of these motherfuckers be serious about football. Then they gave him a hat with barbecue sauce cups on it where he could dip. Like, who the fuck wants to dip? How you know which fucking sauce you dipping in if your sauce is in your hat? Then they gave him a shirt that's made out of napkins. So it just showed him wiping on his napkin. What the fuck is wrong with regular napkins? Why do you need a shirt made out of napkin? He's barking me. He's just wiping. <laughs> he just wiped barbecue sauce all over his damn titties. <laughs> like, Jerry Rice. Why would you do this? <laughs> this, this nigga has committed unnecessary roughness on the African American community. This is much worse than Mary J. Blige thinking about that chicken wrap. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's I worse think than all of them in the fucking same arena. Yeah. They live in the same apartment complex. <laughs> <laughs> that all the bullshit. They live in the same building. Not only the same oh. apartment complex, they live in the same building. Mary- My alarm went off. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> they all live in the same building. Mary J. Blige live right above goddamn Jerry Rice on this coon ass shit. I just I don't I don't understand how you could be approached with an opportunity like this and you'd be like oh okay because I tell you what if somebody come to me wanting me to like advertise Popeye's chicken in the most niggerish way possible I'm not gonna do that I don't even I've been in Bojang well I didn't go in I went through the drive through because I just off a of principle don't want to be walking into a place called fucking Bojangles. I have a problem. <laughs> it sound like a, it sound like the funny slave. <laughs> Man, we're all sad. Go get Bojangles. <laughs> Gonna get us lightened up in here. <laughs> like exactly. I feel like that. The chicken is good, but off a of principle, I will. I have not stepped foot in Bojangles, and I'm not going to. I went through the drive-through, and even in the drive-through, I had on shades and shit. Like I don't want nobody to see me going into Bojangles. Let me tell Off you. Of principle. Let me tell you something about Bojangles. That shit is delicious. It okay? is delicious. It is. It's I don't amazing. know how they cook their chicken breast to make them moist, but even Popeyes ain't really got the chicken breast recipe down because they chicken breast be kind of dry. You know, Bojangles they, is amazing. Chicken is good, but, but like Bojangles is good. Is good. But I don't want to go. But see, that? this is the thing. <laughs> Black folks got a lot of fucking stereotypes on them. We do. With grape soda, watermelon, watermelon, fried chicken. All right, and you know what? All that shit is delicious. Like Dave Chappelle said, if you don't like those things, it's something fucking wrong with you. Exactly, watermelon is delicious and refreshing because it's all so ju. It's delicious and refreshing. How can you not like watermelon? But the thing that makes it a stereotype, the thing that makes all of these things stereotypes, is that everybody fucking love these things. Yes, I don't know how black folks like got a tag on them that say, <laughs> "Oh, y'all just love that shit." A part of watermelon was. Watermelon used to be produced in mass and they're so big mm-hmm. and they used to f- be able to feed a lot of people. And I think that, you know, in slave days, they fed watermelon to black people almost exclusively just because it was cheap to feed a whole bunch of people, mm-hmm. you know. But other than that, like, I don't know why these things got connected. Like, I definitely don't know why fried chicken. Fried chicken is fucking delicious. And everybody eats fried chicken. You, I mean, you can go into fucking business lunches and they will have fried chicken in there you know why because fried chicken is fucking delicious especially here in the south i don't know about the rest of the country but here it is 100 percent possible that you will go into a meeting 
and they will have chicken, fried chicken <laughs> for the lunch. Because of these stereotypes, I spend my time not eating fried chicken in front of white people. I don't give a shit. I eat it. I, I don't want to be going into Bojangles, but I sit and eat the chicken, though. But see, that's still a part of it. You yeah. sit and eat the chicken, but you don't go inside of Bojangles. Hell no. You know, Mm-mm. I don't buy grape <laughs> sodas. Out of rest, like out of places where the attendant is white. <laughs> if I would buy the grape soda, you know, I mean, I will, but I call it by its name. Can I get that grapeco instead of like? Because well, grape, grape is in the damn name of grapeco. You need to get a fucking Fanta grape and just say, "Let me get that Fanta." Let me get that Fanta. What if they got more than one? You and they say which one? You say grape. So. I mean, this common knowledge in the African-American community, I don't know about the white community, I don't know about overseas, but I'm going to tell you about this concept, because I use the word coon, it's not. <laughs> it's a frowned upon word, whatever, <laughs> I use it, but, so, the dynamic is, if you've seen Django, mm, I have not, you haven't, no. if you've seen Django, you got Samuel L. Jackson's character mm-hmm. who is referred to as Uncle Tom for some reason. Now, did you know that the alternative to Uncle Tom is Aunt Jemima? Mm-hmm. That's the female equivalent to Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. Well, these were characters during slave days that would report to the master on black people's shenanigans. Like if they were reading, if they were coming up with some plans to escape, if they were doing anything that this particular person thought the master would not approve of he would go back and he would talk to the master let the master know he would essentially be in cahoots with the white man trying to get, gain favor exactly yeah. and he would gain favor yeah, like, he would. it was yeah. a system the, the master set up that system so that that person would continue to, to do that back. and yeah. not only that but there would be some people looking to be in that position because a lot of people who did that would eventually do something to get fucked up in the game and they would need another person to do that. So they made that position desirable so that, you know, they can keep getting that information. And so when we talk about, when we say what, like Coon or Uncle Tom these days, which I don't say Uncle Tom, but I just, I say Coon. When you say that, it's referencing somebody who is trying to appeal to the system of white supremacy. It's a black person saying all lives matter. It's a black Trump supporter. You know, where you can really believe and do what you want to do, but when that thing goes exclusively against your interests, what is your motivation? Yeah. You know, to do that. And so, Jerry Rice, when it comes to those stereotypes (laughs) about black people and fried chicken, and that's what we get. That's where we at. Like, that's where this dialogue comes from. It comes from the idea that why would you play into these stereotypes that white people have been telling us that we have for so long? On TV. Because you never see white people in these kinds of commercials that I can think of. Like when they're in commercials, they ain't doing no chucking and jiving about no chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like, or singing melodies about chicken wraps. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. I, I think they do. I just think that I don't want to say hypersensitive because that's negatively connotated meaning that we shouldn't be. I think that we're actively aware of our stereotypes and they so ingrained that when stuff like that happen, it's like, why the fuck would you do that? Kind of when you get a new car and you see that car on exactly. the road everywhere. You see that shit everywhere yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like that. I mean, we can go find some I was KFC trying to think. commercials with white people running around doing some crazy shit, jumping all over the place. I've been trying to think if I've seen, like, trying to, but i Nothing comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of nothing off the top either. <laughs> you know? But the thing is, 
white people are the ones making these commercials. Now, I'm inclined to believe that Popeye said, hey, Jerry Rice, agent, if you can get him in doing this commercial, we'll pay him $50,000 to do this commercial. He said, okay, through his agent. He asked, what am I going to be doing? Jerry Rice said, I don't know, but it's just a commercial, $50,000. He got there, and they said, okay, hey, we got this helmet, this hat, and this napkin shirt. You're going to put these on. And his 50000 already done cleared. And he's like, damn, it'll be some damn bullshit to get this undone. You know, but at that point, and this is the best case scenario, he could have said, I ain't fucking doing that. <laughs> you, do y'all know about the fucking stereotypes with black folks and chicken? And you want me to put a piece of fucking chicken in my helmet? Hell no. <laughs> you know, find another way. Oh, God. So, my brother, on the reading of a particular show, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a popular show mm-hmm. that he played in an episode of, He was they were doing the table read, which the table reads when they sit down, go over the script, read what it is, make sure everybody got their lines together before they get out there and do it. Everybody there, the, the main characters in the show, and them. Now, they put, he said they put a joke in the show that was racist as hell. Mm-hmm. The joke was... They were in line waiting to go to a sporting event. And mm-hmm. they were at the end of the line. And the joke was, I would have been... She was like, "How this is a big line. And we at the end back of it. I would have been a great... I would have been a great black person in the 50s. You know, at the back of the bus or something <sighs> like that. And the, the white actress said, I ain't saying that shit. Like, <laughs> change that. And she yeah. left the room. Like, like it offended her. That they expected her to say some racist shit yeah. that is gonna come out on her. The backlash is gonna be on her. And she was like, yeah. fuck that. She said, I don't care what y'all do. Y'all can make it into an ass joke if you want to. <laughs> they made it into an ass joke just like that. Yeah. My brother said it was just like that. And so he said, they're capable of not making racist jokes. They're capable of not doing that. And they're capable of alternative measures of fixing it, mm-hmm. like immediately. Yeah. You know, and so I think that could have happened on that set. I think that they actively have opportunity to change that stuff. It's just that when you don't have diversity in the room, I feel like if you would have had a black person in the room that was not Samuel L. Jackson from Django, <laughs> they would have said, uh, I promise you, this is going to backlash. <laughs> now, y'all can listen to me and still do it, or y'all can just trust me on this. But when y'all ass is trending on Facebook, <laughs> I want y'all to remember that next time when I say that shit is going to backlash, Listen, believe that that yes. shit is going to backlash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, be, I feel like it could have been changed. It could have been different. But I think that commercial is just representative that they didn't have no black people in that room. Yeah. And if they did, they didn't have a black person that was willing to speak up. Be because, like, hey, no. This yeah, because with go these writers, there. you also have people, black people that are in the room, mm-hmm. but don't feel like they can speak up because the culture of that room might have told them that you can't you can't speak up about these kind of issues yeah. in the way that you would like to. It ain't like a David Banner or Jesse Williams, somebody that's aggressive and will confront you in their room. I hate that I said David Banner because I just I don't like that motherfucker. <laughs> but in the con- I don't like him in the context of the shit that he's speaking for black people. His woke but, shit. Yeah, but <laughs> he still represents an aggressive person that would have said fuck no. Yeah, you know, in that room. Mm-hmm. But okay, so. I don't want to say fuck Popeye's because it's delicious. I don't want to say fuck Jerry Rice because, you know, he might have been taken by surprise. But I will say fuck whoever wrote that commercial. (laughs) And if a black person was in that room with them, fuck you too. (laughs) (laughs) 
Lord. Okay. So I guess we could start with a little bit of because I think we decided we were going to do a ton of inauguration stuff, but Chrisette Michelle performed and there was backlash. Part of that backlash was Spike Lee, who was so upset about it that he pulled her music. He's doing, I think it's She's Gotta Have It. He's doing a Netflix t- series of it and was going to use some music from her and pulled it because he was so pissed off about her agreeing to do this. Now, I'm in a natural hair group on Facebook and they were talking about this. And like, so here, I can't, first of all, I don't like when people try to hijack a conversation and turn it into some other shit. But a girl came in and was like, you know, we need to be talking about these black men marrying these white women instead of talking about Chrisette Michelle. Like, I don't, um, every time a, a, a black woman does something, we, we crucify her and these black men out here. And I'm like, first the fuck of all, wrong is wrong. If I feel like somebody does something wrong, I'm not going to rally behind her just because she a black woman. That ain't how that shit work. I'm not feeling like stand behind shit that I think is bullshit. I don't give a fuck who doing it. I, w- I had the same shit to say about Steve Harvey meeting with him thinking that he- this shit was going to go well or that he was going to really be able to make a fucking difference. I said the same shit about Steve Harvey. I said the same shit about Kanye West. I don't give a fuck. Like, if I feel like you're wrong, I'm not gonna, like, for sisterhood, just fucking go with you and and rally behind you. That's not how that works. So, and what the fuck does that have to do? What does black men marrying white women got anything to do with Chrisette Michelle performing for fucking Trump? Like, what are you talking about? Like, girl. So, but I just, everybody was saying, like, let her make her money and da 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 da. This gonna open her up to, you know, a, a larger audience. No, the fuck it's not. Y'all niggas was wrong immediately. Yes. <laughs> 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 Do you think the white people give a fuck about Chrisette Michelle? You think they gonna be like, who is this? Who is this Chrisette Michelle person? Let me, what, let me go find her music. Let me go support her. Like, no. They, I can promise you that's not what the fuck happened. The people that were in the audience of her performance are not the kind of people who gonna give a fuck about her or that dude, that um gospel singer that she was singing with. They don't give a shit about that. That ain't, this is not this did not help her. This this hurt her. That's all it did. She not gonna further her career behind this shit because guess who are the motherfuckers who was buying Chrisette Michelle concert tickets and albums black folks and black folks were the ones that was mad at her for doing this shit so you alienated the group of people who were supporting you in the hopes that a group of people who could give a fuck about you are gonna start supporting you that's not how that works at all i don't understand why anybody would have wanted to perform for trump i just don't get it like he don't respect you he don't give a fuck about he think you all live in the inner cities and all your schools are fucked up and then he had this dumb bitch to be secretary of education to make the schools even more fucked up like he don't care why would you want to do that off of principle i just i would not have performed i would have been like all of the th- hundreds of other celebrities that was like no fuck that shit nigga i ain't doing that i don't understand why because then she she posted this fucking letter talking about how she trying to bridge gaps and shit bitch how is this bridging gaps 
You just doing what black people been doing for centuries, which is grinning and bearing it when white people do bullshit. You just got up there and sang your little heart out in the hopes that they were going to accept you. And guess what? It That ain't going to work because we've been trying to play nice for ever and the shit don't work either people are going to respect you or they're not you being laying down and rolling over for them to pet, rub your belly is not going to be the thing that does it like my I, and she could do what she want to do absolutely she can but I, I every time somebody say that i feel like they forget that part about everything that we do and decide to do comes with consequences and her consequences is that a lot of her fans was like fuck that shit and this is and, and Spike Lee pulled her music from his show, so yeah, she absolutely had the right to go and perform, and good for her for you know using her right. But guess what? That shit come with some consequences. So I hope that she's prepared for the consequences of her actions. Her pride and her ego got her fucked up. Yeah, because Jennifer Holiday got the fuck out of there. She sure the fuck did. She, she was like, canceled. hell no. Yo. She was like, mm, mm, I ain't no motherfucker did man. Hell no. <laughs> But yeah. Chris and Michelle, you ain't bridging no goddamn gap except the one in your mouth if you got one. Uh, you got a gap? I think she has like maybe a little one. She ain't, you ain't Martin Luther King Jr. Like, ain't no gap you use about the bridge. No. Like, that's clearly an excuse. Yeah. If you was in a position to for black people to follow you, nigga, you was trending Chris said is canceled on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Black people weren't ready to follow you. <laughs> that ain't bridging no gap. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Like I just don't understand. You know, and then it what killed me is all these people who talking about we need to he the president now, we need to support him. Where the fuck was all of this talk eight years ago when Obama got in office? Or four years ago when he got reelected? Y'all fought him on everything and disrespected the fuck out of him. But now because fucking Cheeto is in office, I'm supposed to act any differently than you did. I'm sorry. Sometimes I get tired of being a bigger fucking person. Fuck him. I'm just like uh, that meme that's going around. His mama named him Donald, so I'm going to call him Donald. <laughs> Fuck him. I ain't saying no President Trump. Not going to do it. I will refer to him as Donald. I will refer to him as Trump. I will refer to him as Orange Cheeto. But I am not going to refer to him as President. That just ain't the next four years he going to be Donald or Trump. That's it. Because I don't respect him. as in that. I respect the office that he's in, but I don't respect him in that position. So fuck him. Fuck that guy. And fuck Chrisette Michelle for deciding to do that. But you know what? Get your money. I hope that it was worth it. I hope you getting up there and shucking and jiving for all them white people in the audience was worth it. We both know it was not. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> <We> <laughs> but know. hey. She know too. She know that shit now. And She's now sitting she... in there with a crying jar meme on the damn face. <laughs> That's what she doing. I mean, the, the, the demographic of people that would be in that audience I, why would you think that they're going to be like you know what we've been giving black people a hard time because look at this one we we really need to just change our our whole system of belief because Chrisette Michelle is amazing and she just did a fucking amazing job performing so all of this shit we've been giving black people let's just not do that anymore because Chrisette is awesome that ain't how that shit work bridging gaps my ass bitch like what what no. She said, How can I recover from this? Hmm. Okay, we're bridging gaps. I'm bridging gaps. I'm trying to bridge a gap between between what? 
Like you ain't bridging no gap between Trump supporters and Mm-mm. other. You ain't bridging a gap between white people and black people. Mm-mm. You ain't bridging a gap between men and women. You just supported a pussy grab on the stage and created a gap between you and black folks. That's what you did. Yeah. You made a gap. You ain't bridged no fucking gap. You just made a big ass one. You made the fucking Grand Canyon of gaps between you and black folks now. So to add on to my dialogue about coonism, I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I ain't never heard that, but I'm gonna say that coonism. Coonism. <laughs> to add to the dialogue, I don't personally. You can do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can do what you want to do as Totes. it pertains to white people. Totally. You know. But you need to have a legitimate reason and you need to have some convictions behind it. And I don't feel like what she did was for anything but maybe potential fame. Maybe a potential extra dollar. I think she worked under that that <laughs> that idea that eighty publicity is good publicity. Because yeah, you you was trending, but it was not a good trend <laughs> at all. She like I just stopped. And I like Chrisette Michelle. Like I wasn't a huge fan. I ain't gonna sit. I do. I even have. A, I may have like a song or two on my iPod. I'm not even sure. I ain't never had no full album. But I respected her as an artist prior to this. Like I just, girl, whatever. whatever. I had her album saved as a playlist that I never listened to. <laughs> but the fact that I saved it as a playlist mean that I had yeah. good intentions for it at one I point. Liked, but I liked. I didn't. You know, I liked some of her songs. But this shit just why would you do this? Why? This is what you get. This what happened. You didn't have You're not the right one. You ain't the one to do something like this. And then while you were sitting up there bridging gaps by shucking and jiving and singing for these motherfuckers, they were behind the scenes erasing the civil rights page from the White House pay, uh website. So that yeah. that look how much of a gap you bridged there, bitch. Yeah. Because that was one of the first things that they did. They took the LGBT page down. They took the civil rights page down. It was another page. The there was uh, global warming. Global warming page down. Like so, while you in there just the shing, singing your, your heart out, they are erasing part bits, important pieces from the White House website. Because guess what? That's how they feel about those topics. So that's what happens. Yeah. Like while you were singing, that's what was going on. So how much did your singing help? How I mean really. <laughs> Didn't help shit. We've been trying to work she was with just white a people. Good black. Pretty much. And you know, regular white people. <laughs> Because I mean all the dialogue What I mean about white people ain't for every white it person It ain't because every you know? white person is not like this But there are And the ones that are those are who we talking to Not to the ones that have common sense And know that equality is important Not y'all But I will tell you this about Most black people White people There has been a black person that told us You're not like them Mm-hmm. There has been a white person that done told us you're different than them. Yep. There has been a white person that said, you know, you're more intelligent, or you speak, you know, you speak so well. Or I didn't mean you. I meant those other ones. Exactly. Like they make black a constant negative. And when you're not, when you fall out of what they expect you're the exception not the rule exactly the rule is that we shit 
But sometimes every now and then there might be a, an exception or two. It's They'll like, concede that. It's like a good black syndrome. Like, I know a good black. But the context in saying that means that you generally think black are bad. is shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I think that since black is that constant negative, we just get pulled out of black. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we get pulled and, and we're considered something else for the time being. And so that's the problem with that that mentality of trying to cater to the system of white supremacy or cater to those kind of people because they are not looking to look at you differently. Ideally, what you hope they say is, oh, shit, my predispositions about black are wrong because clearly there are a bunch of exemptions to the rule. And I should think differently about black, but they don't do that. They pull you out of black and they leave black the shit that it's always been. And so that's why it's really, really difficult for me to see how she can cater to a whole group of people who are known racists, who are who have just fallen for no sexist, no misogynist. Like, I don't see how she can seek to cater to that group because it all it does potentially is take her out of the group of blacks and make her a good black but it don't give her shit yeah it just gives her an opportunity to show these people that she good and you got to keep doing it yep you can't change now because you just gonna be right back in the shit with other with blacks rest of us. at a certain point <laughs> yeah you know and like i don't know if white people know that that's like a dialogue we deal with but it's just a lot of microaggressions mm-hmm. that like they think they're doing us a favor by telling us we not like that. And in my in their heads, I think they believe it make us feel better for them to say we not like them. And it doesn't. It's aggravating. It's offensive as fuck. And I've had people say shit like that to me. I'm just black. I'm not a good black. I'm not d- different. I'm a black person. Yeah, I'm not not like them. <laughs> I am them. Yeah. Every single one of them. And I don't really care how bad the worst black person get. I'm still connected to that person through melanin. And I wouldn't change that shit for the world. I got to have a conversation with that motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Up, you fucking up. But I am that person. Yeah. Don't think of me as no different. I want you to change your predispositions about what black is. Not continue with this bullshit idea that I'm exclusionary because I got some degrees. And if you need an example of this in, in in this specific context, you can look at the press secretary. I think it was the press secretary coming out and saying why Kanye West wasn't invited to perform. And the reason why he wasn't provided invited to perform is because, according to them, the inauguration is a traditionally American event. And I, and I guess the shade in that is that Kanye West is not traditionally American. So then what is your definition? Of traditionally American And it could have been that he said that wrong He could have meant to say The music that he sings is not traditionally Appropriate for the inauguration But he said he is not Traditionally American, American. <laughs> You know what I'm saying Exactly. So what And is- you went and sat that, You know what I'm saying This is what I'm talking about About like her saying she bridging gaps They still look at you the same fucking way It don't matter Kanye West went and sat down with this motherfucker And then they shaded the fuck out of him In, in the, the press Like it don't matter you don't change the way if somebody feels a a certain way about black folks based solely on the fact that they black and you have all of these predispositions about them you're not gonna go and sit down and have one conversation with them and they're gonna be like you know what 
all of that shit that I've been thinking for all of these years is completely wrong because of this conversation or because this bitch got on stage and she sang and it sounded lovely. We've been singing for them forever. What the fuck are you talking about? Like he went and sat down and then a couple of weeks later, he's not traditionally American. That's what happens. That's what they think of you. And again, this don't mean that like this this is an extreme dialogue. This don't mean you can't hang out with white people. No, absolutely it don't mean not. you can't do stuff with white one people. One of my best friends well, I sound like a black uh, <laughs> uh, one of these white people now. I got a I got a white friend, but I hang out with white people. I did it mo like more white people in high school yeah, than you can, black. You can choose to go hang yeah. out with your white friends over your black friends you on any particular time. Like you can do those things. But when you know if you go out with those white friends you finna be a token black and they finna make black jokes about you and they finna do stuff to make you uncomfortable that's one of those situations yep. when you put yourself in a, a, a position where you are perceived as inferior mm-hmm. or through dialogue you have been identified as inferior somehow you know when you know that that's the case that's a problem mm-hmm. trying to still put yourself in that situation where you know you don't gain anything from it Nothing. In none of these instances where when we if we talk about Coon, in none of those instances do you actually realistically gain something. Mm-mm. And you know what? For Trump's like for blacks of Trump supporter who is out there who genuinely just believe the shit that Trump believed for one reason, whatever. That's fine. That's your prerogative. I wouldn't do it. Hell you can no. do it as much as you want yeah. to. But if you're doing this shit to cater to that other group for some reason, that is a fucking problem. You shouldn't be in a place where you're hated. It don't matter how well, because I saw a video of a dude, you know, who a CNN reporter went to talk to this black dude about, you know, why he was supporting Trump and then he ripped him up. He didn't really rip him up, but, you know, that's just what they call it when they want you to see a black person mm-hmm. talking about the other side. Mm-hmm. It was tons of people there who didn't like him. It was tons of people there who didn't know why he was there. Yeah. You know, he put himself in a whole environment of people who on paper might not fuck with you. Yeah. That that's like that's doing something against your against your own interests, mm-hmm. and that's just not smart. You don't gain anything from that situation. Mm-hmm. You might not gain anything from the other side, but at least it identifies you know with who you are. Yeah, in that situation. And Kanye West, I mean, really, he got a motherfucking lot of shit to pick from. But Kanye West, this is a lot of ways that Kanye West ain't a typical goddamn American. <laughs> between his fame, his issues, his mental health. His fucking blonde ass hair. It's I like still don't know why he did that <laughs> shit. He could have been talking about a number of shits, but you know what? I can't help but get. I can't help but gravitate to the idea that the first thing he thought about was black and rap. He's a rap. Did they have any hip hop people at the fuck? Well, I mean, nobody wanted to do it, but no, like, I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, seriously yeah I don't think so cause they had oh the Chrisette Michelle and I cannot remember the gospel singer's name but there was a black gospel singer but there's also one <laughs> thing about like racism in America I think that for 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 white people to call something racist like let's take a police shooting for mm-hmm. example I think white people are waiting for a police officer before he get into a confrontation with a black person to put on a KKK hood <laughs> Say I can't stand you niggas And then shoot him. And then shoot him <laughs> And say I killed your black ass Because you was black <laughs> Like I think That's what white America Is waiting on To be able to say You know that shit was racist 
Racism is covert. Racism ain't burning a cross in a yard, throwing a brick through a window with a note on it, burning a church down, wearing a hood in the middle of town. You know what I'm saying? That's that don't happen no more. Mm-mm. But you know what? Those same ideals of the people who existed doing those things, they exist. They're just covert. They've turned into throwing away applications. They've turned into gentrification. They've turned into a, a cultural appropriation. They've turned into these covert things that don't look like racism. But at the end of the day, it's the invalidation and exclusion of a particular group in the country, whether it's brown, brown people, you know, yeah. black people and Latino people. That's what racism looked like today. Today, it looked like saying that Kanye West ain't American enough to perform in this inauguration. You know, it looks like all of the stuff that Trump been saying. Mm-hmm. It looks like letting people fight black people and kicking them out in in his in his uh, rallies. rallies. Yeah, that's what racism today looks like. It looks like statistics that shows that my white counterpart will have an easier time with the justice system than me. Especially now that Jeff Sessions is the Attorney General. Exactly. Now that the whole Republican Congress is going to choose somebody in the Supreme Court to follow up that's going to reinforce the bullshit. Not to help brown people, to hurt brown people. One, uh, Talking about scrubbing the White House website, one of the most telling features of scrubbing that website is taking away the Espanol option. Yep. Because we got tons of Americans that are not Latino that know Spanish mm-hmm. and that speak Spanish and that teach Spanish. And we have a lot of American citizens that are Latino that speak Spanish. And you know what? If you was teaching somebody Spanish, why not go to the White House website to read it in Spanish? Mm-hmm. Why would you take that away? They have actively just taken some shit away from the citizens yeah. of the country. Yeah. I understand taking away civil rights. Don't like it. But you know what? That's not the platform that the Republicans lie on. I understand taking away global warming, climate change, because that's not a platform they lie on. I understand LGBT. Don't like none of that shit because all that shit is real. And it's a part of the American diverse experience. But you know what? Taking away Spanish, taking away a language that American citizens speak. That's that's a fucking problem. Yeah. They took that shit away. That's just another language. Mm-hmm. That ain't got shit to do with a Republican platform. It has something to do with Republican biases. It has something to do with Republican discrimination. Because they don't want Latinos to be able to have access. To white people, to Republicans, those white people, and Republicans, America is just like an exclusive club that's losing its exclusivity. Yep. And I think that they believe Donald Trump was going to turn America into club America. Yeah. Where white people can have everything they want to and black people have limited shit. And Latino people have limited shit. And Asian people, even though white people like Bill O'Reilly use Asian culture as a culture to use as an example of when a culture goes right. Yeah. If fucking a war, if a war happened, White people gonna be looking at Asian people crazy. Yep. That's what's gonna have North Korea pop off. White people gonna look at Asian people crazy. That what happened in World War Two. Mm-hmm. They just started incarcerating anybody that was Asian. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, uh, Indian American people too. Native like brown people in America. Anything can go wrong for white people to say we don't fuck with y'all today. Yep. We'll fuck with you as long as you're doing good. As long as you're doing our bidding. If you're doing all of that shit, you're all right. We'll use you to knock down some other cultures too. 
You just keep doing good. But they actively took some shit away from a group of American citizens. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that shit. I do not like that shit. They won. They won. Hours after he like took over. Like I'm talking about like <laughs> quick as fuck. Like they were sitting there hovering over the computer just waiting for like is he done? Is he finished it? He in? Alright. <laughs> just start deleting shit. Like and like just the way that you can already see the way that this presidency is going to go because he got in his feelings because there is a picture going around that shows a comparison between Obama's inauguration I think in 2009 and his and there's a ton of space in his and he actually had the, the White House press secretary make a statement saying that the, it was the floor covers on the grass that made it seem like it was much more open and more space and that the numbers that have been reported are just people trying to make them look bad and blah first why would you even acknowledge this like you were acknowledging little petty shit like no I had more people than Obama at my inauguration and I'm gonna make sure that you know it really you don't have no more important shit to do than to be trying to sit here and say well no I had more people this, you know there was a and if you see that picture it is very obvious that that crowd does not go back as far I don't give a, I don't even know what the fucking floor covers got to do with anything that shit just did not go back as far as it did there were not as many people just that is what it is and he, they gave all of these excuses oh well they they blocked off this specific part and so people couldn't come in and just all of these excuses for why his inauguration was better than Obama. Like, why are you dealing in petty shit? This little. You, Mind you, you <laughs> that was a blatant, overt, petty lie. <laughs> Day one after scrubbing the goddamn <laughs> White House website. Petty as fuck. Like, yeah. provable. Yeah. And and you know what the most dangerous part about this? Sean Spicer is the press, is the press secretary press for the president. Secretary. He didn't say... I ain't saying that shit. It ain't true. <laughs> he did it. He went out there. This motherfucker is ready to do whatever Trump tell him to do. Yeah. And that is terrifying. That's fucking horrifying. Yeah. He is the press secretary. Mm-hmm. Ain't the press secretary the highest goddamn... Yeah. Like, press far, secretary. Press, yeah. The press. They yes. mother, these motherfuckers supposed to be telling the truth? <laughs> these supposed to be... Act, uh, uh, they supposed to be reporting on accuracies. <laughs> but he don't dude. deal in accuracy. Now, I mean, I think that's a very optimistic view of the press because the press today don't yeah, deal with obviously. that. Like Denzel Washington said, they don't want to be right. They want to be first. Yeah. Even if it's wrong and even if it <laughs> fuck up somebody's life. So you got a press secretary that's going to do whatever the fuck Trump say do, even if it's blatantly wrong, even if it can be proven that it's wrong. Is this what we got to look forward to? And even if it's something petty, why are you acknowledging that? I wouldn't have even acknowledged that. I wouldn't have even like, okay, if people want to think that I had less people at my inauguration, who the fuck? You have bigger issues to to deal with than like people say. You People going to keep saying shit about you, Trump. That's going to happen for the next four years. Are you going to really have to... To acknowledge each and every little thing because he is a toddler that's what he has to do and that's what we have to look forward to anytime he when um 
Meryl Streep made that speech and didn't even mention his name. He felt the need to get on Twitter and acknowledge it because he's a child. What you know all of the shit that was said about Obama? Did you see him out here just making fucking press announcements every time somebody said some shit about him? You know why he wasn't doing that? Because he had other shit to do. Because as president, you you should not have time on your hands to be acknowledging little petty shit like this. Like what? And who cares? Like, we all knew that you weren't going to have as many people at your inauguration because you don't have as many supporters. Yeah, they could have spun this. I mean, they could have been like, it's clear that this hasn't been a popular presidency. And the turnout for the inauguration wasn't expected to be as high as the first African-American president. Yeah. You know, but. What we're trying to do is create trust in the people and show people that blah, 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 blah. They could have came up with some kind of dialogue that talks about the truth. They will. They are very vigilant mm-hmm. at denying reality yep. in order to create a false reality. And you know what? You can do that. Yeah. But you, it, that's too extreme. You can't have pictures of that shit floating around <laughs> of the different sizes in the inauguration and then try to create that dialogue. It did say it was the floor covers. That's not the, like that's that ain't even a middle ground reality. If you want to if you want to propagandize that situation, you say something like, "Yeah, we blocked off a large group of people from being able to come into the inauguration for security concerns." Like say some shit like that. Take control of the situation. Don't goddamn let people be like, "Well, that's false." Are my eyes deceiving me? Let me re- let me look at that picture again. No, there's clearly not a lot of people at this inauguration where all you you don't even see ground with the, uh, exactly. President Obama's inauguration. We see fucking tarp at this inauguration. Like, are people camouflaging? Or maybe people are. Maybe there's this everybody new technology. Got on white. No, <laughs> everybody got on white. The same exact white as the tarp, so you just can't see them. Maybe there's this new technology that they use in the White House where it makes people invisible or something. That shit don't exist, okay? It don't. It's People just wasn't there, okay? I, I feel like I'm in, I'm in the purge. I feel like the purge is coming, and I'm gonna have to like board up my house and shit, and like try to keep me and the dog safe. Like I, the purge this is, not is what coming. this feels like. I feel like next year that is gonna be the first year. Your the neighbors purge. voted for Trump, probably. How do you know they did? <laughs> I just got a feeling. Probably so. I saw him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can believe that. He looked at me with all lives matter eyes. Yeah. Don't know me at all. <laughs> he didn't even want to speak. I was like, well, damn. Rude ass bitch. And I just try to stay the fuck away. <laughs> like, when I see them, if they speak, I speak. But yeah, they probably did. Like, I don't know them, and I don't know that they did. But, like, if the purge was to happen, it'll come from them. <laughs> yeah. that. But see, I try to play nice, so maybe they won't purge me. They like, they like Remy. He adores Remy. I mean, he may just bust in and like take Remy and kill me and Kingston. I don't really know, but I'm trying to play nice so that when the purge happens, that he won't fuck up. You know, fuck with me. There ain't no purge coming. Shit, shit, me. We gonna be all right. Shit, I'm not so sure. Like I'm really not. His first day did not leave me optimistic about the future. The shit that he decided to do within hours of him becoming like the president. It's just passive aggressive shit. Yeah, it ain't like but that's because no it was the first day he couldn't do no real major shit. That's why I said a purge gonna happen next year. Well, it takes time to plan a purge on point. But the thing, <laughs> all he been doing is passive aggressive shit. 
Like I, I need to see him do some aggressive bullshit. I think it's coming. I think he, it's I need coming. to see him do some aggressive bullshit for me to say, fuck. <laughs> I think it might be coming. Like yeah. I hate for him to declare war on somebody for that to be that aggression I'm looking for, but <laughs> he gonna have to do something aggressive. He been he been doing and saying shit, and then coming back and saying that he didn't do and say that shit <laughs> the whole time, every time. If the press secretary said, "Yeah, Donald Trump told me to say that it won that many people there," Donald Trump would call and say, "No, I ain't telling him to do that. <laughs> that shit on his own." <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> That's all Donald Trump is doing. He just been passive aggressive the whole time, not able to own up. The party of accountability, he's not been able to be accountable for the shit that he's done and the shit that he said. I don't know. I don't know what this is gonna look like. Let's but talk it about, ain't gonna be a purge. Let's talk about shit. Let's talk about Betsy DeVoe. <laughs> <sighs> this damn lady. Y'all, you know, try to try to get your kids as much learning right now as possible because the the fucking secretary of education is been a fuck up everything at her confirmation hearing all the democratic senators that questioned her made her look like the dumbest bitch on the planet now she ain't the smartest she already ain't the smartest but they made her look like the dumbest like elizabeth warren um franklin i can't remember his al franklin Franklin, and then the guy from the district where sandy hook happened shit and bernie sanders and bernie oh god bernie (laughs) just went for the jugular bernie was just like so let's talk about this money that you donated how much do you think that had to do with you being in this position the fact that your family has donated you know millions to the republican party (laughs) now objectively speaking most of the questions that they were asking in these confirmation hearings were loaded as fuck, mm-hmm. rude as fuck. And Al I think Franklin was not though. His Al were Franklin. not loaded. His, his question, was, yeah, his question was loaded. His he had more general, but I'm talking about over the whole oh, yeah. confirmation yeah. hearing. And I don't know if it was like that for President Obama's confirmation hearings. I don't know if it's always like that. Probably so. I would have because you, if you are talking to a person represented by a party that's not yours you're going to want to make that person look bad and show the American people why they're not a good choice. And then the people from your part, their own party is going to try to make them look good. Like, that's just... I think it probably happens every time. But the thing is, when we talk about Betsy... DeVoe. DeVoe. When we talk about her, if there was no other person that should have got excluded from that position, it would have been her. But, <laughs> but she still got included. Like, yeah. what do you have to discover about a person during a confirmation hearing... For them to not be in a position. She clearly did not know about the difference between growth and proficiency. Which is like for like the average person that might sound like, you know, it's another language. Anybody in education knows that that is a long standing debate in education. And anybody that is going to be involved in education should be aware of that. Like for the the fact that she's trying to get the position or got the position that she was getting she should have known like that is something that's something that maybe the average american that isn't involved in the education system would know but teachers anybody involved in education is going to know about that debate that has any common sense and the fact that she didn't know is very telling of how she is not qualified to be the secretary of education when you don't know a long standing debate that's like one of us not knowing something you know, counseling related and th- and trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like you should know the field that you are applying to. And this is this is the debate: growth versus proficiency. Mm-hmm. Growth is the idea that the way to measure progress 
in individuals is to see how much they each grow individually. Mm-hmm. How far have you come? Proficiency is creating a standard in which you have to meet that standard. Mm-hmm. The thing is with proficiency, it don't focus on the kids at the top because they always going to meet yep. you know, standards. And it don't focus on the kids at the bottom because they never going to meet those standards. Mm-hmm. It just focus on putting energy into the kids that can. Yeah. So when you got all A students in the class, you don't focus on them. And when you got all F students in the class, you don't focus on them. And so these students might not be getting everything that they need as far as the support you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. That's the debate. How do you measure that progress? Because measuring growth from everybody, it really is kind of difficult. It's yeah. difficult to measure growth from everybody because everybody learns subjectively. Yeah. That is the core of how you're going to determine how good our students are doing in America. If you don't even have an idea on either side of that, how the fuck can you be Secretary of Education? Not only that, but how did nobody say, hey, before you go to these confirmation hearings, here is the core base information you need. Like, I feel like Trump should have got down, hired a education specialist, a nuclear specialist, a, a urban housing development specialist, a military, a specialist of every kind to, to say this to is likely re- what they're going to ask you. <laughs> yep. These are things you need to know. And I just can't believe they did that. Maybe they did that, but they just didn't think that these people were going to ask them such core basic questions it'll be like if it was a position called a secretary secretary of mathematics saying so what is two plus two (laughs) so maybe they didn't think that shit was coming because it was just so basic yeah but you know what she should not be and you know what look up go to the put up Bessie DeVoe Detroit in Google oh yeah and you're not gonna be able to find a positive article about anything she did in Detroit she took advantage she made all them charter schools and made money off of that shit and the kids in them charter schools that knew nothing. It basically diluted the whole system. Yeah. That, when you have charter schools and when you create a private, this is my perspective on charter schools. Charter school on paper is a good idea. Hey, we got the public schools say you have to go to this school in your district. But mm-hmm. what if that school is bad? Mm-hmm. What if that school ain't no good? You should have a choice. So what charter schools is supposed to do, it's supposed to be kind of like private schools, but not because all public students have access to it and you can choose which school you want your child to go to. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when a pub, when charter schools come into the system, they remove money from the public school system and give it to the charter school system for private businesses to run those charter schools in the way that they see fit. Mm-hmm. The problem is now you're taking money from the public schools that was already suffering and you're giving it to these private options where they're there to make money. Mm-hmm. Businesses for whatever you think are there to make money and they are going to cut. So, but what it did was when it opened up the ability for everybody to have private schools that are charter schools, a bunch of people did it. Her business wasn't the only one. It was yeah. a whole bunch of people that saw this as a business opportunity. Yeah. So it diluted the whole system. And now you got a whole bunch of failing schools. You got a whole bunch of charter schools that can't keep people in it, that can't keep doors. Not only that, but charter schools don't have the same standard of having teachers with certain levels of credentials. Mm -hmm. You can really hire teachers that ain't qualified to do the job then. And so it just, it dilutes a whole bunch. It dilutes the jobs for the teachers. It dilutes the opportunities for the kids. And that's what has happened in Detroit under her ideas of how to run it. Not saying that privatizing something ain't a bad idea because I just drove, I just rode an Uber for the first time yesterday. 
And the dude that I got in the car with was an ex-police officer. <laughs> and so we started talking about politics. And we talked about something in Alabama where DHR, he said, you know, you think that DHR will run better given that, you know, they privatized it, mm-hmm. which I don't know what he mean by that because it's still a state run agency. Yeah. But I was just like, privatization only works when there's competition. Mm-hmm. When people say, hey, uh, it, it'll, it'll make a competitive market. Privatizing these businesses will make a competitive market. It will if there's competition. In Alabama, Blue Cross Blue Shield is the only insurer. Mm-hmm. They're the only major insurer. They ran a monopoly out here. Yeah. They put some places out of business because they didn't want to play ball with them. Like when you create a situation where the the environment is supposed to be marketed, uh, is supposed to be a competitive market because it's privatized, but you don't have competition. You create a situation where this one place can have a monopoly and treat people how they want to be treated mm-hmm. and do how they want to do. That's why government regulation is necessary in some instances. Yeah. This is not an instance when there is no competition that should have that. And so this is the this is the situation what you have with, with them them schools. You just got a lot of private businesses that are too competitive and they have saturated the market. And now nobody gets anything that's worth any kind of quality because it's all shit. Yeah. But ain't but- no way she should have been confirm what would keep somebody what would exclude somebody i don't know because she was fucking terrible like they she had no good answers she tried to do what they all do which is talk around the the issue but it she did she didn't even do that well like (laughs) it was just and then when the guy asked her about her her position on guns in school she was like I'm going to go back to what this other senator said about the bear being on the school property and I think that might have been a situation in which you know guns in school would have been good so Bessie DeVoe feels like we need guns in school to protect kids from bears what but but it's crazy that she got to give that kind of response because she know if she said no that the Republican base was going to tear her ass apart yeah like you can't even speak on what you believe these days because she believes something yeah. now she's just playing the game of politics she's saying shit that she don't think her cohorts want to hear so she ain't gonna say it but like, it sounds stupid <laughs> it like, sounds bruh, stupid as fuck she could have and she could have had a better answer she could have she could have said no i don't believe schools should be in guns for access to the general population but i believe that the schools can hire police officers who are trained to have weapons who in a time of emergency can have their weapons with them and you know what maybe they don't even have it on them in the school maybe once an emergency presents itself the office has a specific gun safety box that would be open like it's a bunch of shit like I don't know how I can sit here and hear these confirmations and come up with ways that you could say shit that it would be more politically correct that would cater to everybody and that would take into context the great areas of a whole situation instead of having to be on the black or white side of any particular situation. But I don't get it. his picks are idiots and completely and totally 100% unqualified. Like, they just are. Betsy DeVoe is horrible. And all I've seen, especially like teachers in public schools, are terrified that she is going to make their job even harder because funding for public schools already fucking sucks. 
and she just go make shit even harder like one of the things elizabeth warren kept asking her about her experience with public schools at all or public education at all and she don't have none because she what hurt my kids were fortunate enough to they went to private school they went to private universities she has no experience even personally you don't have no professional experience and you don't have no personal experience with this because you have not had your hand in it in any kind of way how are you qualified to do this job you not so let me tell you about a couple of these nominees right rick perry who on his campaign trail talked about eliminating the department of education and the department of energy he did not know what the Department of Energy was. <laughs> he thought being the secretary of the Department of Energy was traveling around as an ambassador trying to find new ways to, to represent energy. <laughs> He's responsible for all the nuclear weapons. Okay? That's what the Secretary of Energy does. He did not know that. All right? Ben Carson. Oh, shit. gained his fame as a brain surgeon. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. He turned down the role of the secretary, the position of being the, you know, the Surgeon General, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the one that he's qualified to be. Yes. And he accepted the position as the Secretary of the Def- of HUD. And the only qualification he got for that is growing up in the projects. (laughs) Bitch, every single goddamn black person that done grew up in the projects ain't qualified to do that shit. No, no. I'm afraid that that's a diagnosis of what Donald Trump think about you as a black man that grew up in the projects. So I... His cabinet pigs are all fucking ridiculous. They're ridiculous. Donald Trump had an opportunity here. Well, but when you're not qualified for the position that you're in, you're not going to surround yourself by qualified motherfuckers so you look even worse. But he had an opportunity here to bring people from different platforms in. Like, this could have been the first time he had some Democrat and Republican. Like, he could have used this shit as an opportunity. But I'm afraid, I think he's in over his head. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's letting other people make decisions for him. The only decisions he's making is to have the press secretary tell motherfuckers <laughs> that the inauguration <laughs> was bigger than it is when it obviously was not. Oh, God. Yeah. I just. I don't know. I, the last thing I have to say about this is I love Maxine Waters. If you don't know, she's a senator from California who refused to go to the inauguration. But the reason that I love her so much is because she is like your old auntie that just tired of everybody's shit. And she's so tired of everybody's shit that she just, at this point in her life, has just decided that she going to tell them that she tired of their shit. Like, when all of that shit happened with the FBI... Um, she came out of a meeting and the press was like trying to ask her questions and her first thing that she said was what do you want <laughs> then she went on to say well it's it, you know we've been sworn to secrecy but all I can say is that the uh, chief of the, the FBI is uh, completely unqual did she say he was Incred- unqualified un- no oh, uh, has credibility. no credibility and then she just walked the fuck off 
Like she don't give a fuck. She got on CNN and when asked if she was gonna go to the uh, inauguration, she said, "Nope, I don't trust him. He lied to the American people. What made me think? Why would I think that he would do any better with me?" Like she just has no fucks to give, and I just love that about her. I love that she just be telling people off and just don't care and i hope that when i am her age i am half of that out of fucks because she's amazing i just i've enjoyed listening to her (laughs) i i just i just have she is awesome so it's a couple of other things that went on that i was going to talk about Uh, i was going to talk about richard spencer who is that outright leader guy getting punched in the face by a white man it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> I was going to talk about the uh, Trump inauguration riots where, you know, they've been pretty much riding pretty much by white folks. It is. Yeah. <laughs> That's why ain't nobody died because it was white folks. But that had been us out there. Yeah, it had been a situation. It had been a whole fucking different situation. And there was a march on Washington, a women's march on Washington, and it expanded to a whole bunch of different cities, which Everywhere. actually had more people yep. than the damn inauguration. But. <sighs> You know we gonna we gonna get into another topic. We not gonna talk about those in detail on this podcast, but we gonna post this stuff on the Conversation Con Artist Facebook page. Have some dialogue on it there, so you know check that out when you get a chance. Uh, just Conversation Con Artist on Facebook, yep. you'll find it, and we can have a chat. So this week. Or last week, rather, because this will be Tuesday when y'all hear this. Last week was a week of, of, of black young men deciding to come on out of the closet. Uh, Chance the Rapper's bro- younger brother um, came out as bisexual um, and received a lot of support from people, which I feel is, you know, pretty different from how it would have been a few years ago. And then because motherfuckers just can't let have people can't let people have nice things. I love McConan decided that he was going to get on Twitter and announce to the world that he was gay and nobody was surprised. First, and I let me just say this, all I know of I love McConan is that uh Clue going up on Tuesday song. I don't know if he had any other songs. I don't even really fucking remember what that nigga looked like. So, for him to think that this was like news that somebody gave a fuck about is just hilarious at least chance the rapper is relevant right now and so his brother coming out made sense but i love mcconan like what has he done since club going up on a tuesday this dude's name is a (laughs) run-on sentence like what the hell what a space is that ain't none is his name mcconan i don't know why and he's saying he love himself I don't what the fuck kind of name is McConan? That same sound like the name brand of a soy sauce. <laughs> Wait, isn't it one? I don't know. I feel like that is the name of that soy sauce. It's McConan. Oh, the subconscious might have just kicked in. It might have, but I feel like there's a soy sauce called McConan. It's called something. It's something similar. If it's not McConan, it's something similar. I think his name is McConan. His his real government name is McConan. Let's hope not. That would be terrible. I don't know. And if it was like I don't know, I just I feel like I've been to a Chinese restaurant where there was soy sauce on the table that was by a company called McConan. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Let's see what this is. Soy sauce brands. Well, that's gonna give you a ton of shit. Like put Ma- Kiko Men. 
Maybe that was. Maybe that's what I'm maybe thinking. Maybe that's it. Got is. Two K's yeah, in it, yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. But anyhow, he and then his it, first name is McConan. No, it don't have two K's in it. It's got two N's. His first name is McConan. His real first name is McConan. Yeah. That's McConan Sharan. God damn. That's... Or McConan Danny Morris. Bitch, yeah. why would you refer to yourself in the what person is he? Third. Third person. I love McConan. Or no, he said I. I guess he want people when they say his name to be saying I love. Boy, that's self esteem issues. <laughs> this nigga named himself because of his self esteem issues. Every time somebody referred to him, because all we doing during this podcast is saying I love McConan. <laughs> <laughs> Clever ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know, but in his tweet he referred to himself as a fashion icon. And I'm just like, nigga, when? When were you a fashion? All I know is the club going up on a Tuesday and he was not particularly dressed fashionable in that fucking video. So what are you talking about? Like he lost what? Weight. Huh? He lost weight. Was he he was never that big, was he? But you know like gay men. <laughs> Gay men like to be thin and spelt. Then what was his excuse when he was fat? Maybe because he wasn't out. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, I don't know. I have no idea. He has lost weight. I will admit that. (laughs) Um, On point, just showed me a comparison of of club going up on Tuesday, McConan and present day, and he has lost quite a bit of weight. But he looked like which one of them? Key or Peel? Jordan Key. Which one of them? Keegan Michael Key is a skinny one. He look like Peel. Yeah. He looks like a light skinned version of Peel. Yeah. I don't know, but so that got me to thinking about how accepted that was and like how black masculinity has is 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 completely different from white masculinity. I think black men feel like they have to I mean, I think it's like a pullover from maybe slavery it's even more toxic yeah you know it feel like i mean masculinity is already it's already its thing you know it's already ah, i gotta be the strongest mm-hmm. ah, i gotta be the toughest oh i can't show any weakness and i think that when you start getting into homosexuality i think it challenges what our society tells a man that he's supposed to be mm-hmm. you know at least perceptually because realistically there's some gay dudes out there that will work on a car better than me, mm-hmm. that will whoop somebody's ass better than me, yeah. that will do a whole bunch of things. They they will have those traditionally masculine things, but I think the problem is the stereotypical understanding of what gay is for mm-hmm. a man, it challenges what America done told you to be. And you know, I think black men in America have to overcompensate for that yeah. because white men can be masculine far easier than black men can be masculine because black men can easily get shut down by a white man mm-hmm. they can easily get you know berated by the white supervisor and they can't do we can't do shit about it yeah we can easily get you know stopped and frisked by a police officer like we don't get to be the same level of aggressive and frustrated you know and i think i feel like we have to overcompensate in other areas yeah and so i feel like the only area we can really overcompensate in the few areas is one our own sense of masculinity. Yeah. And then two, women. Oh, Them the God. only ways to overcompensate because yeah. it turned into that conquering, you know, mm-hmm. well, shit, if I can't have, you know, stuff on this side, I'm going to show you over here that I can conquer. You yeah. know, 
I can show you over here that I can be the best. And that usually comes out in a rational way. It's kind of like, you know, Napoleon complexes. Uh-huh. It's like, you short. <laughs> and so you got to overcompensate, overcompensate everywhere yeah. to show that you are worth something somewhere else. Because to you, the world untold you that short means that you, you, you are worth less. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like black men overcompensate in that way. And I think the detriment to that is they overcompensate in rejecting homosexuality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I don't know if that means more homophobic. Sometimes it do. A sometimes lot of times it, it does, do. Yeah. But I don't think it have to be to that extreme. I think sometimes it just means an extreme discomfort with it. I don't think it mean like dropping F-bombs on gay people and yeah. doing violent things toward gay people and, and hate crimes and stuff of that nature. But I think it just means being overly uncomfortable with it. You know, to the point that, you know, you reject the notion of his existence, really. Yeah. I mean, what's so funny to me is that what what Young Thug has shown us is that as long as you don't say that you're gay, you can do all of these things that are stereotypically uh, put on gay men but as long as you don't say i'm gay as long as you deny being gay then it's like oh okay he just he just like to wear dresses oh he just paint his fingernails or yeah he just call his because people they still listen to his music they still like proudly but i feel like if if young thought was to ever just come out and be like you know what y'all i'm gay i was lying i've been gay this whole time i just didn't want you know i feel like that it would change the reality is that sexuality is fluid. It is. You know, it is is not like black and white. It's this whole grayscale of sexuality. And I think that people can choose what they accept on that. But I think that most people look at sexuality as that black and white, mm-hmm. especially most men and then most black men. They they look at on that. Younger people today, they whether they acknowledge it intentionally or not, they look at that scale. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just so much more about sexuality that has been accepted today. Mm-hmm. And I think people look at it on their scale. So when you look at Young Thug's fan base, which is a lot of younger people, and I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of older people that was listening to Young Thug when all this gay stuff in his dress <laughs> happened that they stopped listening to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I feel like that probably happened. I mean, he's but I so think, in it. His album cover got him with a dress on. Like, yeah. he's dedicated. And I think that represents the difference between then and now. And what groups of people will accept it and whatnot, especially when it comes to Young Thug. You know what I'm saying? Well, older, like Joe Budden, like, I mean, basically, he was just like, he, he I Love McCona was the only one who didn't know he was gay. Like, no, <laughs> I haven't seen anybody, like, say any, like, fly shit about it other than just, like, nigga who care or the. F- I focus then on the fashion icon part because I'm just like, where? What are you talking about? The thing I think that happens mostly is that. Black men, and I don't know if it's like this. I'm sure some white men that it's like this with, but I've only seen this with with black men because that's most of the people I hang out with. I think that homosexuality has been over sensationalized and over magnified to be something that is not Mm -hmm. is is not classified correctly. Uh, It's only classified perceptually what you believe it is. Yeah. When you start hanging out with gay people or working with gay people or being around gay people more, you realize that they just a fucking person. You realize that they have the same interests, some different. They no different than anybody else. They just choose a different sexual preference. 
my brother when he started working at Red Lobster it was this gay dude working there and my brother was pretty homophobic coming from the world of strip clubs he managed a strip club and in, in Huntsville like I that. didn't know he managed the strip club yeah it's <laughs> funny Silver Dollar Showroom wow he managed the strip club coming from that world to working at Red Lobster where you know it was some gay people working there with with him mm-hmm. he had a conversation with me and said you know what this this dude just like everybody else and yeah. he was like I don't know why I've always had these predispositions about gay people mm-hmm. and and I guess a lot of it was my environment was telling me that this is what gay was but you know what like I respect all these people like it was about five gay people that worked there yeah he was like I respect all of these people for you know what they are and that homosexuality gay whatever you want to call it is just a, a, a small part of them that is big because of us yeah it's big because of those of us who ain't willing to understand it don't want to understand it and have rejected from from these stupid ass predispositions that we all have that's the only reason it's a big thing yeah like don't nobody at work think about who I'm fucking nope you know but we make it a big issue because they choose that they want to, you know, care about somebody different. Mm-hmm. So, and it is a tiny part of who they are that has shit to do with you. The same way that your sexuality has nothing to do with anybody else than the person that you are with. It never made any sense to me that people are so pressed about what goes on in somebody else's bedroom. Why do you give a fuck? Why does that matter to you so much? Or why does that bother you so much? Or why do you allow that? to be the determining factor as to whether or not this person is somebody that you're going to rock with. Like that does not make any sense to me when you think of your own, rarely think of your own sexuality, but you just all up in this other person's like, it doesn't make any sense. You know, I, and I cannot stand like this whole, and this is a lot of hotep shit, but like uh, homosexuality is being pushed to like ruin the black family and the black community they want a bunch of, of, of gay black men so that the black family will so like i just what so you're telling me because you see something be prevalent in the news that you're just gonna do that thing well no but the kids kids are impressionable and so kids will do that and then we'll have all these gay men and and the black family is gonna sub so like the conspiracy theorists think that this is like some grand scheme to just bring black people down homosexuality being like them fighting for equality is to impact the black community in a negative way yeah it don't it just don't make sense that, no. that dialogue don't make sense <laughs> it's just one of them dialogues that uh, it caters to your own it makes your own hatred make sense yeah that's all that is set up to do because how are they going to do that <laughs> it's the same way for uh it's the same way with Christianity mm-hmm. and how they look at you know homosexuality. Like homosexuals are trying to get you know my kid to be a homosexual. Look, that that ain't how that work. And here's my thing about, and I'm this is not an attack on religion, but like some Christians, you rally and 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 have all of this shit to say about homosexuality but like the people for instance and you know not to speak ill of the dead but the people at Eddie Long Church who found out that he was fucking around with the little boys in the church they still continue to support him after that but you out here in the streets like just 
you know, <laughs> telling all of these people that they're going to hell for this, but you followed in behind this man that by and not just he violated kids. Like I just think sometimes when I see like people pick and choose the things that they're gonna be upset about or the things that they're gonna like cape for out of the Bible. And that annoys me. Like if wrong is wrong, if you feel like homosexuality is wrong, it doesn't matter who it is engaging in it, you're gonna have a problem with it. There there shouldn't be caveats to like, oh well no. That doesn't make no sense. I just we I wish we put more thought into the intersectionalities that exist in our world. Yeah. Like what does it mean to be a Christian and a Trump supporter? You know, Oof. what does it mean to be a LGBT black female, a, a, you know, a black lesbian? Yeah. You know, like it's a lot of different intersectionalities and it's a lot of those things that come with privilege. To be realistic, if you're not a white, Christian, heterosexual, middle or upper class male, you got some intersectionality, intersectionality yeah. going on. You got something that crosses up. With your beliefs and your thought systems And you know And we get that with Christianity all the time Gay Christians Technically the religion say you shouldn't be this and be here yep. But you are You know Yep. So we got a lot of intersectionality And I wish that as a society we would put more energy and thought Into understanding The complex dynamics between all of these different groups And how we all interact Yeah But we don't Anyway You got anything else to add today? I don't. If y'all haven't gone to the Facebook page, you should so you can see Remy and Kingston eating treats and see the di- the difference in their personalities is very apparent in that yeah, little video. It is. <laughs> it's very, very, very. <laughs> so you got anything else on your mind? I don't. All right. Well, until we come to the next conversation, we out. Holler.